0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.
1: Today, 23 Irish citizens were evacuated from Gaza, with more expected to come through the Rafah crossing today. Ibrahim Alagha was trapped in Gaza since October the 7th, along with his wife and three children. The family, who are from Blanchardstown in Dublin, have said that last night marked their first night in 50 days where they slept without fear. And Ibrahim joins me on the line now. Ibrahim, good morning.
2: A very great morning today.
1: Um, How does it feel uh, to be out of Gaza, in Cairo, and sleeping in a decent bed?
2: yes amazing. Um, I was just um uh talking to a friend and I was saying that I, I this is the biggest jump in living condition that anyone have experienced one night you're living you're sleeping in fear, you're squeezed in a small space on the floor, hungry and thirsty and with no energy and and the bombing around you and the next day in a very nice hotel. Uh, calm place, you know, it's a big, big difference.
1: Now, how are the family? Because uh, the the children had been ill.
2: They, um, yes, they, although this morning, they're a lot better this morning. Um, yeah, they couldn't believe that they could eat whatever they want and drink as much water as they want without any restrictions anymore and have a nice shower. So um, it's a strange feeling for them and for us.
1: Now, how did you keep their spirits up after the, the terrible experience? Because you were on an extended holiday uh, in Gaza with uh, members of your family. And the last thing you expect is what occurred. And yeah. you, you've got to try to keep the, the, the kids in good spirits.
2: Yeah, um, this was a big challenge for me and my wife during the war, just to keep their mental uh, you know, health um And uh, we were trying as much as we can, play with them, you know, remember all of our nice memories from Dublin and hoping that one day we'll be back again in our house and and in the gardens and in the school. So, um, yeah, well, thank God, I mean, it it finally happened.
1: Now, Tell me what you have left behind. I mean, how much destruction has there been of of your family's properties?
2: Yeah, uh I don't know if you know yourself, so i my apartment in Gaza City was destroyed. So that was the apartment I used to stay at before the war started. Um <clears throat> on the journey on, on our way to the border, I saw scenes, oh my god. not, and not and not of the structure and you know, I I just couldn't imagine how Gaza City itself could be. I mean we're talking now about the south side. My journey was all on the south side of Gaza. North is, I'd say, 10 to 20 times worse.
1: Yeah. Um, so, uh, if you were to return to Gaza on a visit, when peace returns to the region, it will be a very changed landscape you'll find.
2: Yes, but but I would like to tell you something. I, I was, I visited Gaza a couple of months after one war. Uh, I was really surprised how strong the people were on rebuilding everything. I mean, um, and I just hope that it will happen again. I know it's more, a bigger challenge, a more difficult war this time than the previous one, but I have big faith that we will rebuild it again, and it will be look it will be looking nice as it used to be before.
1: Now you've had to leave some family and friends behind. Yes, um, yes, yes. That must be very concerning as to what they will yes, be going yes. through.
2: I honestly, once the once the bus left Palestine, left Gaza, and just went through the Egyptian gate, I was crying. Honestly, I was crying, remembering all the people that I just left behind me and how their their lives are still in danger. And and thousands of people could not make it next week. Um, I mean, a lot of mixed feelings, really, on that moment.
1: Mm. But the overriding feeling was, I suppose, that your family was now safe.
2: Yes, yes, indeed.
1: Well, uh, I won't detain you any longer, Ibrahim, because uh, you should uh, savour the comfort and the freedom before you embark on the next phase of your journey, uh, bringing your family back home to Ireland. But thank you very much for taking our call this morning on the programme.
2: Thank you. And uh, just before um, uh, we we, uh, uh, finish our call, I just want to say a big thank you to um, the Irish Uh, Embassy in Cairo, the staff there, they made a great job in easing our evacuation. Um, They provided... Transportation, accommodation, all of that. They did an amazing job. I really want to thank them a lot.
1: All right, uh, Ibrahim, and thank you for that uh, as well. Ibrahim Alagag, Irish citizen who uh, managed to get through the Rafa crossing with his family uh, yesterday on foot of uh, Irish diplomatic representations. We're joined now by Shona Murray, Europe correspondent for Euronews. Shona, good morning. Good morning. Now, it's it's great news that some Irish citizens have managed to get uh, through the Rafa crossing. There's a promise of more to come.
0: That's right. There's just over 40 Irish citizens in Gaza. Uh, I know that a few haven't been able to get through because they're in the in the north and they haven't been able to get down to the south. It's very difficult to pass through Gaza because there's no fuel, there's no cars working. And I've also heard that... Some can't leave because they have family, they have friends that are, you know, in dire need of support, that are sick, that are in hospitals, and they really just don't want to leave them behind.
1: Yeah, it's a, a very difficult uh, situation. You could be torn between trying to make some members of your family uh, safe, uh, and yet you know, having to decide maybe to leave people behind. A very, very difficult decision. Um, Shona, what uh, do you know about, what are the IDF saying about what they've been doing in al Shiva Hospital? Uh, obviously, it's difficult to get, to get independent uh, news out of uh, Gaza City at the moment. What can you tell us?
0: Well, You know, it's interesting because the Israelis and the Americans on Tuesday night said that they had their own intelligence to say that the Shifa hospital was, uh, quote, the beating heart of Hamas fighters operations in Gaza. And then in the last 24 hours, what we've heard from the Israelis is that we've seen a video from an Israeli spokesman who was in in the Shifa hospital showing materials that it recovered from downstairs in a sort of undisclosed building, but near where an MRI machine is, for example. And they're showing... Us in the video, um, automatic weapons, grenades, ammunitions, flak jackets in what they call go bags, which are essentially so bags packed with you know ammunition in them, grenades, and so on. Um, some some rifles as well. So, if you the video itself is sort of just showing you around shelves that they've discovered, but they're Nothing close to what anyone could imagine is a beating heart of a command center of a terrorist organization. So this is interesting because this has been the reason uh, for the Israelis to be allowed to go in and uh, take Shifa Hospital, which, as we know, has taken days um it has been surrounded by the israelis for several days before it occupied it which meant that there was shooting which meant there was airstrikes close by where people died where there was no fuel getting in even though the israelis said that they le- left jerry cans of diesel outside the hospital which ngos have said wouldn't even get them through the night where as we know pat babies newborn babies who are premature were taken out of their incubators because there wasn't enough fuel to keep the incubators going and so far we haven't found we don't see the clear evidence of the command structure that the Israelis and the Americans have been talking about in the meantime though overnight uh, I know that uh, there's been strikes in all across uh, Gaza the south in Rafa UN schools were damaged there was another UN worker uh, killed overnight which brings to 104 the number of UN staff alone killed in this war which is the highest number of staff for the UN in the history of the United Nations. So and then also we've seen just incredible, incredible uh, destruction um, and maiming of human beings. And um, some of the footage I've seen is um, it's extremely hard to, to watch and to sort of let go out of your mind, to be honest with you.
1: Now, do we know whether the Israelis have gone down uh, You know, below the hospital itself? They claim to have found these uh, weapons on shelves in rooms and so on. Um, they Theory was that beneath the hospital itself, perhaps not even accessible from the hospital, beneath it were these uh, areas, these tunnels where the beating heart might be. Um, have they been down there? Because you'd imagine it's a matter of urgency for them to produce the goods, if they have them, the persuasive goods uh, that would justify, in some people's minds, their attacks on the Shifa Hospital. Um, no sign of that yet.
0: That's the point, the justification for occupying Shifa, given that it is a hospital and it has protected status under international humanitarian law and even if there is a military necessity to go into the into the hospital if, for example, we said there's a command structure they are obligated to protect the civilians inside, six civilians who are equally protected and no, that hasn't emerged um, as I said, what we've seen is the video from the Israeli government, spo- or sort of the IDF spokesperson, showing us the, the various, as I said, rifles so on, but nothing in a fundamental sense yet. Now, that's not to say that it doesn't exist or that it won't emerge or that Hamas doesn't have tunnels underneath; they just haven't materialised, and we haven't seen them yet. And but I'm sure that the priority, as you said, is to get down to those tunnels because there was also a theory that hostages were in there. What we what we've heard is that hostages are dispersed all throughout Gaza, and Hamas have some of them, and uh, the Kassam brigades, Jihad brigades, they have others, and that is also sort of leading into the negotiations around hostage releases. But there was there was a there was a theory that there may be some hostages down there, and again, none of that. That has materialised yet, but it's, you know, it's early in the day and the occupation is ongoing.
1: All right. Uh, It's hard to get at the truth in a war, uh, truth being the first casualty really of of, uh, war. The overnight news, of course, from the United Nations is that the Security Council has uh, voted for a prolonged cessation to allow humanitarian aid to get uh, through. What's being said in Israel about that?
0: Yeah, and this was, I mean, this was remarkable. Given that the U.S. abstained from this vote is the first time, um, obviously throughout this war, but the first time in a long time, the U.S. allowed this resolution to pass, calling for sustained, as you said, humanitarian pauses to for, to deal with um, civilians. The Israelis said it's impossible; they'd ha- it's actually untenable, was the the government spokesperson I spoke to, and um, because the feeling is in Israel, if you allow for sustained pauses, uh, ceasefires, and so on, it will become. Um, Impossible for them to resume uh, the airstrikes, uh, you know, the bombardment, the artillery attacks because the international community would, you know, try to persuade them not to do that. And the pressure is on the Israeli government to get the hostages out. So again, that is leading into the negotiations for the hostages because Hamas, are, uh, uh, what I've heard is Hamas are looking for a five-day ceasefire in order to get something like 70 hostages out. The Israelis want fewer days, around three days of a ceasefire. So that's sort of where the talks are right now. Um, and and what are the
1: IDF yeah. saying about a ceasefire? Uh, because, uh, you know, Palestinians will be saying, OK, we, we have a pause and we get some food aid in, we may get some fuel. But then after five days, it all starts Again, uh, what are the IDF saying? Because I'm reminded of when uh, Saddam Hussein went into Kuwait and uh, then there was the invasion of, uh, well, the protection of Kuwait by George Bush Senior, and then he pulled back. And some of the generals were saying if only they'd gone all the way, they would have removed Saddam Hussein far sooner and we might not have had the second Gulf War. Um, The Israelis may be saying this is our moment. We go in, we finish the job uh, but if we pause now, we may not get to restart what we're trying to finish.
0: That's entirely the the the, the concern about s- stopping. Um, you know, uh, we've heard from Netanyahu saying this isn't an operation. It, it's not a finite situation. This is the war to end all wars. What they want to see is the complete annihilation of Hamas. But at the same time, you know, they realise that the ideology of Hamas will never go away As long as uh, Palestinians uh, are dehumanized in the way that they are in Gaza, and they don't have their own, uh, you know, two-state solution, Um, but the the savagery at the same time, from what we saw from Hamas towards Israelis, means that that is so far away. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at nine a.m. on News Talk.